Welcome to Realign With Your Purpose. My name is Josie Smith, and my purpose here is to help you reconnect with yourself so you can realign with your purpose and reignite your dreams. I'm a mindset and strategy success coach for ambitious, growth-obsessed women just like you who want to identify and break through the roadblocks that are holding you back from reaching your next big up level, whether that's in life, in your relationships, in your career, or in your business, and equipping you with the tools you need to step into your most powerful, most aligned, up-leveled self. I'm here to show you that building the dream life is possible for anyone who's willing to put in the work and invest in themselves. This podcast is all about the real, the fun, the hard, the beautiful, and the challenging parts of life as an entrepreneur, building businesses, cultivating healthy relationships, and diving headfirst into the mindset work necessary to make all of this a reality. As a quick side note, I want to let you know, you're going to hear some spicy language in some of these episodes. So if you have small kids around and that bothers you, go ahead and grab your headphones before we get started, because we're digging into all of it and we're not holding back. Are you ready? Let's do it. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Realign With Your Purpose. Today, we're continuing our relationship series. And what I'm going to talk about in this episode is attachment styles. An attachment style is basically how you show up in your relationships. It's how you behave in relationships. The motives behind the behavior, the inherent desires that are fueling that behavior and the fears that might be contributing to how you show up. And then I'm going to talk a little bit about what might have contributed to the development of that attachment style. Now, what I believe, and research supports this, is that we're all born, we all come to this earth with this innate personality. And I am completely obsessed with things like astrology and human design and the Enneagram. And I believe we bring this personality with us when we show up on this planet. It's who we're designed to be in its purest form. And then we're born into this world, into these families, these circumstances, these environments. And all of those things impact how our personalities, how who we are created to be ultimately gets expressed. So it's these interwoven energies of who we are and what we experience that impacts how our attachment styles are formed and expressed. So there are four different attachment styles that I'm going to talk about today. And these attachment styles play out in all of our relationships in our relationships with our parents and caregivers when we're kids, in our relationships with our own kids, in our friendships, in our partnerships or dating relationships or marriages or any other type of romantic relationship. And these four attachment styles are the secure attachment style, the anxious attachment style, the avoidant attachment style, 
and the anxious avoidant, or it's also called the fearful avoidant attachment style. And these attachment styles define or describe how we emotionally and energetically respond to other people and how we interact in our relationships with other people. And there are two primary characteristics that are basically the measuring sticks for how we interact with other people. And that is the level of avoidance we have or don't have when it comes to engaging in relationships, and then the level of anxiety within relationships, whether we have a high level of anxiety or a low level of anxiety. And if you think of it like a quadrant, I'll try to describe it so you have sort of a visual. So if you have four boxes, like if you have one big box and you draw a line down the middle vertically and a line down the middle horizontally, so it's divided into four equal boxes. And the top two quadrants, you would label high avoidance. And the bottom two quadrants, you would label low avoidance. And then the left two quadrants, you would label low anxiety. And the right two quadrants, you would label high anxiety. And then you fill in the quadrants with the different attachment styles. So in the bottom left, you'd have the secure attachment style, which is categorized by low anxiety and low avoidance. And obviously, this is going to be the healthiest quadrant to fall within. And then next to that, in the bottom right quadrant, you'd have the anxious attachment style, which is categorized by high anxiety, because it's on the right side, and low avoidance. In the top left quadrant, you'd have the avoidant attachment style, which is categorized by low anxiety and high avoidance. And in the top right quadrant, you'd have the anxious avoidant or fearful avoidant, which is categorized by high anxiety and high avoidance. Okay, so that's kind of your basic overview. And if I just lost you there on trying to describe this diagram thing, I apologize. Some people are more visual than others. I'm going to go into more detail about each attachment style and the specific characteristics of each attachment style. And then how you can determine what your specific attachment style might be, what might lead a person to developing a certain attachment style. And then if you find you might have one of the more unhealthy attachment styles, some things you can do to start to cultivate a more secure attachment style in your relationships. So the first attachment style is the secure attachment style. And this is the attachment style in the lower left quadrant of that diagram I just described. It's categorized by low anxiety and low avoidance. Having a secure attachment style is obviously the most healthy of all the attachment styles. People with a secure attachment style are confident in themselves. They're comfortable connecting with other people. They're capable of forming close relationships with other people while also respecting boundaries. An important quality of a relationship that has secure attachment from both people is trust. And obviously what needs to happen in order for two people to be able to trust each other is that both people need to value honesty within themselves and within the relationship. And they both have to be 
in integrity. You can't have trust without honesty. You can't have trust without integrity. Relationships with a secure attachment style can be a lot closer, a lot more intimate. They can go a lot deeper because you do have that honesty and that trust and both people feel safe and they don't fear judgment from the other person. And because both people have this level of confidence and self-assurance about themselves, as well as confidence and trust in the other person and in the relationship as a whole, when you have a secure attachment style, you aren't fearful or anxious when the other person spends time with other people or does things alone. You don't need to be around that other person 24-7 in order to have a sense of security about the relationship or about their feelings towards you. You don't get anxious or worked up if, say, you text them and they don't respond right away, or you call and they don't answer immediately, or don't call you right back. You don't worry that they have ulterior motives when it comes to how they engage with you or within the relationship. A relationship with a secure attachment can handle conflict in a healthy way. You can have hard conversations. You can be vulnerable and express emotions without fear of judgment. But you also don't expect the other person to be your everything. You don't need them to be validating you all the time. And you aren't constantly trying to protect yourself against possible rejection. When both people in a relationship have a healthy, secure attachment style, these are the healthiest deepest, most intimate relationships that allow both people to maintain their own independent identity that honor boundaries and that also provide closeness, love, and support that truly every one of us needs in order to thrive. The second attachment style is the anxious attachment style. And this is the attachment style in the lower right quadrant of that diagram. It's categorized by high anxiety and low avoidance. So people who have an anxious attachment style tend to be preoccupied with how available the other person is or how responsive they are. They crave intimacy, but they're anxious about whether or not the other person will meet their emotional needs. And they tend to express a high level of emotional needs. They want close relationships, but they're always afraid that other people don't want close relationships with them. When a person with an anxious attachment style feels like the other person in the relationship might be withholding intimacy or withholding or lacking affection, they tend to internalize this and make it mean something about how they aren't actually worthy of being loved. They're super afraid of rejection and abandonment, and so they tend to become really clingy or jealous in their relationships. So how do you know if you have an anxious attachment style? These are some characteristics of an anxious attachment style. Ask yourself if these characteristics describe you. If you lack boundaries, if you find that you need constant reassurance from the other person, if you tend to become 
clingy or needy, if you obsess over wanting intimacy, but you don't necessarily trust people very easily. If you feel anxious when someone doesn't respond to you right away, like they don't answer your text messages immediately, or they don't answer your phone calls, or if you feel jealous when you know someone you're close to, this can be a partner or even a friend, but you feel jealous when that person is spending time with other people and you aren't there with them or you aren't included. So what causes a person to develop an anxious attachment style? Like I said in the beginning, I do believe certain people, because of the personalities and the particular traits that they're just inherently born with, I do believe certain people are more predisposed to developing an anxious attachment style simply because of the ways that they're naturally motivated and the things that they're naturally afraid of. That said, the environments that we're raised in play a huge part in how those personalities get expressed. And whether those inherent motives that we're naturally wired with can turn into a more unhealthy attachment style, like the anxious attachment style. If a child is born with a personality that values and is motivated primarily by a need to feel security and certainty and consistency, but they're born into an environment that doesn't feel secure, or to parents who are inconsistent, or to a family with a lot of emotional conflict, they're going to be more prone to developing an anxious attachment style. I mean, all kids need a certain level of security and certainty and consistency, but there are some who are more motivated by that than others because other kids are motivated by independence and autonomy, and other kids are motivated by significance or achievement. So while all children have an inherent need for security, some children are completely motivated by that. And they might be the ones who are more prone to developing this sort of anxious attachment style. But that doesn't mean they're destined to. And it also doesn't mean that the children who are motivated by independence or who are motivated by achievement or significance can't also develop an anxious attachment style. Like I said earlier, it's this energetic dance between who we are, like the way we're created, and the environment we're planted in. So people who end up developing an anxious attachment style, a lot of times as a child had a parent or parents who were inconsistent, whose emotional responses may not have been completely appropriate to all situations, or they were just made to feel like they had to constantly earn the love and approval of their parents or caregivers, but they always felt like they fell short of actually earning or receiving that love or approval. The third attachment style is the avoidant attachment style. And this is the attachment style in the upper left quadrant of that diagram, totally opposite the anxious attachment style. And it looks very opposite as the anxious attachment style as well, because remember, this quadrant is categorized by low anxiety and high avoidance. People with the avoidant attachment style tend to dismiss or avoid 
close relationships and intimacy with other people. They're very independent and from the outside, super confident and capable and self-assured. But their independence and confidence is more of a self-protectiveness. They, they're they the ones who look like the people who have it all together. They don't need anyone's help or support. They figure shit out on their own. They are resourceful and resilient and strong and unshakable. But they also sometimes come across as judgmental towards other people. They don't trust other people. And so they struggle to form emotional connections with other people. They have a really hard time with intimacy because they fear becoming dependent on other people because they have this strong desire for independence and being self-sufficient. So how do you know if you have an avoidant attachment style? These are some of the characteristics of the avoidant attachment style. If you're afraid of expressing emotions or intimacy, if you find yourself wanting to pull away when the other person seems needy, if you value independence over emotional closeness, if you struggle to accept help from other people or you have difficulty trusting other people, or if you have more acquaintances than actual real close friends. So what causes a person to develop an avoidant attachment style? Again, there are people who are just born with a natural predisposition to valuing independence and autonomy. They're going to be a little bit more prone to falling into this avoidant attachment style. But that doesn't necessarily mean they will or that other people can't. How we're raised, the environments we grow up in, that all affects how that personality or how those motivations are ultimately expressed in our adult relationships. So an avoidant attachment style can be created when a child experiences emotional rejection or emotional neglect by a parent or a caregiver growing up, or when a parent or caregiver is more or less unavailable. They might provide basic needs like shelter and food and those sorts of things, but they may be completely emotionally unavailable or avoidant themselves. So the child learns to repress their own needs, their emotional needs, their intimacy needs, their relational needs, because they recognize that those needs can't be met in their current environment or in their relationships with their parents or caregivers. A child who is motivated by independence, autonomy, or control may feel repressed by a parent or caregiver who is constantly trying to rein them in or stifle their independence. They may express some intense emotional reactions to that parent trying to rein them in. And if the parent demonstrates that they can't handle the child's intense emotions to avoid the rejection that comes with expressing their needs through their emotions, they simply shut them down. And they learn resilience and resourcefulness and independence and how not to rely on other people. And ultimately, they withdraw to avoid rejection or abandonment. And the fourth and final attachment style I'm going to talk about is the anxious avoidant attachment style. 
And as you might have guessed, this attachment style takes characteristics from both the anxious and the avoidant attachment styles, and it brings them both together. Sometimes this attachment style is also called the fearful avoidant attachment style, and it's sort of a subtype of the avoidant attachment style. But basically, a person with an anxious avoidant or fearful avoidant attachment style is someone who like the person with an avoidant attachment style, they avoid closeness and intimacy in relationships. They're uncomfortable expressing emotions. They don't trust other people easily, and they come across as independent and self-sufficient. The difference here is in their motives and also in how they show up in relationships when they are in them. While a person with a typical avoidant attachment style functions with the belief that they don't need other people, a person with an anxious avoidant or a fearful avoidant attachment style avoids closeness with other people out of fear, fear of rejection, fear of abandonment, fear of betrayal, fear of judgment. They desperately want to be loved by other people, but they believe inherently that they aren't lovable. Like the avoidant attachment, they'll often be very resistant to getting close to other people. They'll resist sharing emotions. They'll protect themselves from becoming too vulnerable. But then like the anxious attachment, if they happen to let their guard down and let another person get somewhat close to them, they still have this distrust of other people. So they start to get fearful that the other person might not actually care about them or that the other person might just up and abandon them or might betray them in some way or that they might have ulterior motives and they start to show up like the anxious attachment style and they might get clingy or feel anxious or overly needy or lack boundaries or look at the other person's boundaries as a form of rejection. This last attachment style is actually the least common, and also the least researched. And most often it's thought that this attachment style is formed as a result of abuse or trauma or severe neglect. When a child desperately desires intimacy or comfort, but they aren't able to trust the parent or caregiver who's there to provide that for them, that plays out in their adult relationships. They're desperate for intimacy, but equally afraid of getting close to other people because they don't trust them. Okay, so if you've made it this far and you're like, oh shit, I might not have the healthiest attachments in my personal relationships. Maybe you recognize that you tend towards being anxious or avoidant or even anxious avoidant, and you're kind of a little of both. How do you shift how you show up? So you can have a more secure attachment in your relationships. The answer to that is highly dependent on why you're showing up anxious or avoidant or even anxious avoidant and how consistently you're doing so. Like if you have certain tendencies because you're motivated by independence or you're motivated by certainty or you're motivated by achievement or significance... You might have certain tendencies, and those tendencies are naturally going to show up from time to time in your relationships. But if you recognize those tendencies 
and you don't let them control or dictate or cause you unhealthy levels of consistent anxiety or avoidance, then it's just a matter of self-awareness, of self-regulating, of maintaining open and honest communication in your relationships and acknowledging these tendencies you might have towards being a little bit anxious or being a little bit avoidant and allowing yourself to be open to the feedback of the other person and trusting them enough to be vulnerable with them and to give them permission to share that feedback with you without getting defensive and without putting up walls or pulling back from the relationship or overreacting and getting overly anxious. However, if you feel like your attachment style might be anxious or avoidant or anxious avoidant, and it's less of an occasional tendency and more of a constant controlling element of your relationships, you might need to do a little deeper work to heal that. And chances are, if you're existing within relationships where you're showing up with an unhealthy attachment style, there's a good chance the other person also has an unhealthy attachment style because most of the time, people with a secure attachment style are only going to entertain relationships with other people who are also securely attached, at least in the long term, because healthy relationships are an important element to people with a secure attachment style. And it's really difficult to maintain a healthy relationship with someone who's showing up with an unhealthy attachment. So depending on how self-aware both you and the other person are, and depending on how willing both people are to look at their own shortcomings and their own unhealthy tendencies, and then depending on how willing both people are to actually put in the work, it is possible to heal an unhealthy relationship with unhealthy attachments if both people are willing. But it seems that more often than not, you have one person in the relationship who wants to heal and the other person maybe doesn't see a problem. So if those relationships don't feel like a safe place to share vulnerably and to ask for feedback and to be willing to look at yourself with compassion and grace and understanding and then put in the work to be able to show up healthy and whole, you might need to seek out other relationships. I'm not saying you need to end every single relationship you have in your life. You might need to end some of them, but maybe not. Regardless, you are going to need boundaries and you're going to need to seek out healthy relationships with people who are capable of showing up and showing you what a securely attached relationship actually looks like. And not only that, but you're going to have to be willing to do the hard work of healing the parts of you that are showing up anxious or avoidant. You're going to have to look at where those tendencies came from, and you're going to have to heal that version of you, likely the childhood version of you, who needed the safety and security or the unconditional acceptance or the recognition, whatever it was that you recognize you needed as a child that you didn't get, whatever 
trauma you might have endured, big or small, or whatever rejection or instability or lack of acceptance you might have experienced as a child, you need to go back and give that version of you whatever it was he or she needed. And you're probably going to require support as you go on that journey, whether that's a therapist or a coach or a mentor, someone who's done this work, who has walked other people through this work, and who can not only hold you accountable, but who can hold space for you as well, and who can demonstrate what a healthy relationship, what a securely attached relationship actually looks like. Because as my coach says all the time, if you don't repair it, you repeat it. All right, before I wrap up here, I wanted to let you know that I've opened up applications for my VIP one-on-one coaching. In this exclusive VIP coaching program, you will have the opportunity to work with me for three months one-on-one with unlimited voice messaging, video messaging, text messaging, in addition to twice a month hour-long coaching sessions where we dive deep. This is for you if you found yourself feeling like you're made for more, but you just haven't figured out what that more is supposed to look like. Or if you've been struggling to get to that next level in your career or in your business and you just feel like you've plateaued and you can't figure out how or why, you just can't get to that next level. Or if you're looking for more depth, more intentionality in your personal relationships, we dig deep into identifying the roadblocks that are holding you back. And then we do the intentional work of breaking through those roadblocks so you can step into your most powerful, most aligned, up-leveled self. We'll talk strategy. We'll dig into mindset and all of the deep work that's required to not only be able to achieve whatever success it is you're looking to achieve, but to do so from a fully aligned, fully whole, connected place within yourself. So as we move through these last few months of 2023 and we start looking towards 2024, setting new intentions, setting new goals, building bigger dreams, healing relationships. If this is the kind of guidance and support you feel like you're needing right now, you can request more information or fill out an application or feel free to send me a DM on Instagram if you have any questions and I'd be happy to have a brief conversation with you to see if this would be a fit. All of the links are in the show notes. Thanks for tuning in to Realign With Your Purpose. My intention is that the messages I share here in this podcast help you experience a mindset shift as well as actual transformation and growth. If you found value in today's episode, please share it with a friend so they can experience the growth and transformation that you found in these messages. Or take a screenshot and share it on Instagram 
And be sure to tag me so I can personally thank you for spreading the message and encouraging everyone to believe in themselves and their dreams. And if anything I talked about today really spoke to you, send me a DM because I would love the opportunity to have a conversation with you. As always, it's been an honor to share this time with you today. And until next time, you got this. Let's go.